You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University Canada West. Bringing you fantastic stories for accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community. Hi, Galari. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Dave? Good, good. Long time no see. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Galari, you know something? What gets really gets to the heart of what I love about teaching and being at UCW and other institutions is the success students have. I really want to see them have success and, you know, finding the right job in that element. But the other piece that really connects with me because I'm an entrepreneur is finding an entrepreneurial opportunity and having success with that entrepreneurial opportunity and finding a direction forward with that. So really, that really gets me really excited. Exactly. And that's why the reason that I took this job to make sure our student will be successful in your journey. And I have some good news today for you because we're going to have one of our UCW alumni entrepreneur that's successful. He was your student, Dave. Mine? Yes. We want to welcome Ikausa Wadiani, CEO of Hibis Brand. Welcome, AKA. Hi, Galari. Yes, yes. We're here again for another episode of Innovation Fuel brought to you by University Canada West. Yes, we have a very special guest here today and a special guest that I actually have a connection with because he was one of my students a very long time ago at University Canada West. He took my e-commerce course. Uh, And so before we get into our discussion with our friend, E.K., Let's welcome E.K. And yes, E.K., tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background. Thank you very much uh, for this opportunity, and I really appreciate it. My name is Ekausen Monjon Wadiani, you know, formerly called E.K. I've been in the sales industry for about 10 years now. When I got out of uni, I started my entrepreneurship journey. It was an interesting one uh, a couple of years back. That's in 2014. I've always had the breed of entrepreneurship. Um, I have a background in economics and statistics and an MBA from University of Carolina West. I've been in the sales industry for a while. I've worked in marketing technology, consulting, finance, tech, sales, and until I started my own business. I've been in the food and beverage industry for about Three years now, I've started a couple of businesses and, you know, failed and <laughs> and have a lot of stories behind them. I'm originally from Nigeria. My mission is to be able to, you know, introduce amazing, you know, cultural products that are inspired by my heritage or my culture back home. I'm, I'm married and I have six-month-old kids, so <laughs> it's a new journey for me also as a father. Take us on the journey, EK. Take us on the journey. You know, you're at UCW. You're studying at UCW. You're doing your master's degree. And then all of a sudden, what? You moved on? Like, did you start the sales journey right away? Or were you conceptualizing the entrepreneurship element? Where did the entrepreneurship pick in? I had a couple of breaks before we go to several countries. We used to have this national youth service where you go for a one-year program where you're going to learn how to 
you know, teach and develop your skill after that. So I waited for that program. There was nothing happening. At that point, I had a lot of thinking and I, you know, thought about myself. I, I, I evaluated myself. I said, what do I really like to do? I realized that I like to solve business problems and I was so interested in businesses and how they grow, how they succeed. So that's how I built the drive for entrepreneurship. But during my MBA program, you know, and it's part of what, you know, drove me towards, you know, business because I have a background in economics and statistics. I could have done a master's in development economics, but I had that drive for business. So I wanted to take it to the next level to understand, you know, the, not just the practical, but the theoretical part and how to apply some of these processes and, you know, and strategies and how to grow a business and, you know, change it in the right direction, like creating a business plan, understanding the growth of a business, forecasting, statement of income and all of that. So, you know, even during the course of my, you know, MBA, I, I was a student that I didn't wait till I finished school. So I was already working for CIBC while doing MBA because I had a plan and I was just following through that plan. And, you know, but I was able to manage that in school and also be able to have, you know, my eye on entrepreneurship, you know, one day. And definitely I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you, AK. I have a questions about your biggest challenge of starting your own business uh, while you have a work permit visa after graduation. So how could you start that one? Because I think we heard a lot from our students that there is a very difficult pathway. Yeah. So people are being discouraged about, you know, if they're allowed to do that, you know, with such status. But for me, during the course of my MBA, I, you know, I started researching, figuring out ways to be able to take the next step in, in that direction and asking a couple of questions with people that I know that have been there before me. Um, but it was a challenge because you need to be able to realize, do you have the resources? If you want to start a business, is a bank going to give you a facility? How are you going to be able to structure? Uh, would you get, you know, the right support that you need as an immigrant here? But, you know, believing in what you want to do and having the, you know, people who would coach you or lead you in the right direction was the way I, I, I was able to approach that and researching and finding out on how to start a business, how to register a business, what are the opportunities out there for me uh, with the same, with that kind of status that I had. But, you know, what I would say is, you know, get out there, find some information, connect with people. LinkedIn is a great channel that you could get connected and people could share their stories or ways of how to do that. I built my, you know, my confidence and growth strategy in in uh, connection and building network. And I will mention UCW also played a part because one of my major mentors when I was in school was brought to UCW for uh, like a show. So they came to talk. They're from the bank at RBC. After the event, I walked up to them and I said, I'm not so sure. I don't know if it was you, Dave, who brought them, but I walked up to them and I told them that I, I want to learn about, the, you know, the the new environment I find myself, I want somebody to mentor me. And he was open to that. It, it, it took a lot of, you know, I, I had to knock on the door a lot of times because I would send him emails, I would send him LinkedIn, he wouldn't respond. But he saw my resilient spirit. He saw that I was willing to learn. And then he opened the door for me and we had meetings. I met, he was a vice president for RBC. His wife was a vice president and he was a manager too. So, you know, they brought me into their arms and they gave me advice and step and how to, you know, 
I had quite a few issues along the line. They, they corrected me in the right direction. So, you know, UCW also created a platform for me to have a stepping stone into entrepreneurship by, you know, bringing people that are mentors to talk to us. And that's how I was able to create great network to learn and how to, you know, overcome such challenge. So, EK, when you're going through this journey, okay, so you've got that network, you've got that connection, you got that mentorship. There's still the elevation of, okay, I still probably have to do some stuff to support my PR status as I'm getting graduating elements. So I need to still do that element. But I also have to sort of ideate and create. How did you come to the idea and the conception of where you are now today? How did the idea come to you now within this mentorship? I would also go back to my first year in, in UCW, right? Fashad was my professor for business 101. So I can't remember the, the code, but he introduced us to business in terms of, you know, the practical theoretical part. And I remember one strategy that he, and I still remember the other day I had a coffee with him and I told him, hey, you remember when you taught me business model canvas? So my approach was to use the business model canvas to align the idea that I had, right? So I had to look at markets and I had to look at the revenue, I had to look at, you know, all the factors that make up a business model canvas. And then I looked at it and I said, you know, what what problem am I trying to solve? And I realized that this is, you know, something of value that I want to create. And that's how I was able to, you know, do that. That is awesome. That is great. So to see that uh, we have a great uh, impact on some students to start their own journey. Again, so what these other challenges you face, it means to start your own business or marketing your new product uh, to Vancouver market? You know, you get an idea of the products, right? So you have to flesh out everything. So what kind of product are you creating? What's your target market? What is your core differentiation for a competitive edge ahead of your ahead of your competition. So, you you know, I I create that product. I look at the features of the product, the attributes of the product, and then we go into R&D and see what are the competition doing, strengths and weaknesses, SWOT analysis. I I also want to look at the environment. So I'm using, you know, Pesto to be able to see how do I, you know, if I create this kind of product in the environment, what are the regulations or licenses that I need to be able to operate? What are the factors that affect me as, you know, as a business in the environment that I'm operating, and then you you look at the product. Does it meet the you know? Does it meet the needs of what people are looking at in the market? And then you're going to you know fleshing out the product from you know you need marketing. How are you going to market this product? How are you going to position your product? And then you look at pricing, right? It's just it's like the four P's <laughs> basically, right? And then you look at the place where you're going to market this, right? And that's a sort of the kind of approach that I use. But, you know, I also say, you know, UCW MBA program also put me in the right direction because we were taught this in class, four Ps, and how to, you know, position your product, create a new product, and launch in the market. But one of the challenges being able to, you know, you have to believe in the idea that you have, right? And then you have to put those pieces together to be able to make sure what you're creating makes value and creates value out there. Again, this is it's some piece that I really want to focus on. It's about the legal aspects of your business because you said that you are creating a beverage. Of course, there is going to be a lot of regulations around the creating the beverage. So what challenge you face 
being able to have one of the major challenges, you have to have a facility that meets, you know, food and safety standards to be able to produce your product. So being legal, you have to be able to, you know, you want to get a trademark for the, for the product name or the patent of what your recipe is, making sure that you have, you know, your proper registration of your business. You have a business license if you're, Registered a business as a corporation or a sole proprietorship. You have that set all those, you know, being done to be able to legally operate as a business. And also for me, when I was creating my, my hibiscus iced tea, I had to, you know, get involved with a mulato, right? To be able to make sure that we're using the right ingredients that are sourced from the right, from the right source, the specification document. You're looking at making sure there's no allergen. It meets standard out there in, in, in the beverage industry that would put your product out there. So basically, you know, those steps. So you're going through all these steps, AK, and you're and, and, okay, and you're going through all these steps and you've gone through this legal element. So you've got a product to now get that product to market. What are then the challenges to get it to market? How do you get it from, okay, I've went through the R&D, I've got all the licensing, I've got a producer, I'm making it, now I need to get to market. Yeah, very important. This is a very good question because once you have a product, you need to get it out of the market because, you know, you want to be making money out of it to run the business. So for me, I had a business plan, right? And in my business plan, I had those timelines and structures that I had milestones that I wanted to hit to get the product to market. So I defined my target audience. First of all, I looked at what channels I want to be able to sell this product. And I built that in a, in a plan. And then when I looked at those channels, I, I looked at a date to say, okay, I'm ready to launch my product. I needed fun to be able to, you know, do a lot of marketing, ad spends, you know, product promotions, public relations, press releases. And then you have those, you know, put in place, you need the funds, you need people to sometimes, right? To be able to, you know, share the best practice. Like for me, I use the approach of always getting consultants who could put me in the right direction and come up with a plan to go to market. So we define, you know, our target audience, we define the channels we want to be able to get in, and then we sourced for the required funds to be able to get the product to market. And then we're able to set a launch date and, uh, you know, get the product in the hands of people. You know, and I want to go back to the one thing I want to talk about, because one of the challenges that we see, especially in, in, like in Canada, is fund sourcing. Because banks are not very good at giving money unless you have assets in Canada. And maybe it's different in the United States or a little bit more flexible in the United States. But how did you get the funds to support this operation? Very good question. Because without the funds, you can't do some, some certain things, right? I had corporate savings too. So I had savings. I had another business running that was able to also fund the company. Um, the banks wouldn't listen to you if you're not in a certain stage in a business. So you get that kind of cutoff. So you have to resort to bootstrapping this business, you know, talking to a couple of friends and say, hey, I got this big idea. I can take this to market and I believe I can get X amount of money back and just borrow me. So, so borrowing from friends and family, also investing my own personal money, how I was able to overcome the financial assets. I mean, access to financial facility on, on a part because as a startup, the banks want to see the numbers, right? They're, they're very very limited programs there that would give you that leap. So one of the biggest challenges as an entrepreneur as a startup is that you need access to funds. You want to want to fund operations, you want to fund marketing, you want to fund sales, right? And all that. So I was able to save up some amount of money and bootstrap it, get friends and family to support or borrow your money to take it to the next level. So let me go back. You said before you had another business that was able to fund this business. Can you talk a little bit about that business? 
When I came here into Canada in 2017, I was so used to my traditional Nigerian food. And when I came in, I met a difference. It was a shock for me not to see that I could easily grab my, you know, go-to food that I usually, I was used to. Um, it was a challenge, you know, so as a student, being able to live in Vancouver and traveling all the way to Surrey with the African restaurants or African supermarkets, that was a long journey for me. It takes me about an hour back and forth. So I always discuss this with my friends who come and I'm like, how do you overcome this challenge of, you know, having, I, I didn't know how to cook. So it was worse. <laughs> so Burger, Burger King close to UCW West Bend there was my go-to place. So, But I always had this idea that I would one day want to bring the community together and solve this problem. Um, and in, in, in the course of my e-commerce class with you, Dave, I, mean, I remember you gave us an opportunity to create a business and um, that's focused on e-commerce. And I had a group of Nigerians in my team and we came up with a business idea that we could have a platform that could aggregate these African stores in the one channel and easily get this product accessible to you know people in Vancouver, Barnaby. And that was the that was the idea, you know, you know, being in your class and that because I already had that problem that I really wanted to solve. We went through the process to creating the business and we did questionnaire like you asked us to do and we got feedback to be able to understand what problem we're trying to solve creating this e-commerce. I already I had that, you know, goal to create a business like that. When after school I talked to my group members, I said Let's kill this stuff. It's going to work. But they're like, no, no, too much challenges. And I said, okay, I'll just get, i let this be. So during the pandemic, people were laid off and people were sent home. I had time to think. And at that point in 2020, I said, this might be the right time for me to solve this problem and fill this gap. And then I created a Nigerian cuisine um, that is for Nigerian barbecue and cuisine that solves that problem. So we make ready to eat Nigerian cuisine, barbecue and cuisine. And we got great feedback. Right. Um, I started that in my basement back home. <laughs> I, I had to go the right way so that I don't blow up, I don't blow up the house. <laughs> so I had to get out the register. I had to get out the registration um, and then move over to a commissary where we operate now as a virtual restaurant. We're going to be three years in April. So I was able to grow that company from zero dollar and 300 percent increase every year. Yeah, and that's how we were able to to raise some money to be able to fund the other business. So um, that is running. We have over five thousand customers. Um, we're we're currently available on Uber, DoorDash, and we do deliver anywhere in the lower mainland. So we were able to solve that problem because I knew that people had that challenge. Now people love us so much that they come to Canada, they don't have to miss home food, they can assess that, and that's what even gave birth to Hibisberry. Because when I was a kid, my mom used to make a lot of hibiscus beverages for me and I loved it. So my friends used to look forward to me bringing hibiscus popsicles to school. So when I started the food business, it's called Van Suya, I introduced my mom's recipe to my customers and they loved it. And I said, you, you know what? I need to share this with the world. <laughs> and that's how I created Hibis Bear. So it's my childhood dream. I'm sharing with the world. And we're on a mission to build a global beverage that takes inspiration from our Nigerian culture and, and roots. I can see you're selling in a lot of restaurants in your website. The store locator is showing that you're, you're selling it in so many restaurants. 
grocery shopping and restaurant. That is awesome. I have a question, but do you think that can you sell it in the like um, chain store market, like uh, for example, Loblaws? Yeah, we just got listed with Sobeys. So we're currently um, in Sobeys, Safeway, and IGA in, in our better. We're starting off that way. Uh, Sobeys has been amazing. They have this amazing local program that they can support local producers like us to be able to scale and give us a platform. And that's the way we've been able to get that opportunity. So the goal is to be in major, other major retail stores like Lovelors and the Jim Patterson groups and, and Salem Foods, Nestor. The goal is to be in 500 or 1,000 stores by the end of this year. And I know I can do it. <laughs> I have another question regarding operations. Um, so do you send your recipe to a manufacturer to create it for you or you do it by yourself? Yeah. So what, I, what we did as a company is that we created a business plan. Part of our business plan for the short-term goal is to outsource this production to a coal manufacturer. And then we build the revenue and you know get to the point of the business where we're able to create our own facility and do production ourselves. So currently, we outsource this to a coal manufacturer who we've signed an NDA with. We just send our formulas. I go there, run production to see what the production line is and see how the operational process is to be able to understand how my product starts from, from the formula to finish and package. So that's what we're doing right now. That's awesome story. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is really exciting. And I'm sure after you move out of the co-manufacturing side of things, you're going to expand into different verticals within, I'm sure we can expand other opportunities within yeah. the space. I was so I remember in my business strategy class in my final year in MBA, we, I was taught by Michel um, Vicente. <laughs> I don't want to matter his first name. Um, but we were taught about expansion strategy. So right now, we're working, I'm working on an expansion strategy into different verticals. So it has to do with the product line itself, target audience and all of that. So hopefully along the line in long term, we're going to be able to, we're, we're currently now planning to support the farmers in Nigeria where we source this hibiscus and then make our own concentrate and also sell to other suppliers and also be like a supplier. So that's also part of the, the plan for the long term. So exciting, my friend. So Ike, on the uh, on this journey, you you know you're on your way, and we, we love that what you're created here. It's very exciting to hear. But what are some challenges that you might face, and maybe there's some challenge that you can throw to our students to help you, maybe in this plan. Maybe we can get some ideas. I would say for my my first advice would be to students and you know businesses take advantage of what you have right create don't be I, I always tell people create a business plan you need to have a plan you're not just gonna wake up and say hey I'm just gonna start this business if you go through that part you're gonna have more challenges it doesn't mean if you have a business plan you're not gonna go through challenges but it puts you in the right direction because you could easily pivot and you know we, we come back and you know rethink and go through another route or create a better way to, to, you know, create a better product or services. You know, one of the challenges is planning, right? If you don't plan, you're going to fail, right? So you need to be able to plan by creating a business plan, you know, having a forecast, you know, being able to say, okay, how much money do I need to be able to start off as a business to scale, get the right resources, the right system. I run a restaurant. 
I had to create a right system from inventory management to, you know, taking orders to customer service to operational purchasing and, you know, supply, right? So, you know, even in the beverage company, dealing with supply chain and, you know, those issues where, you know, during the pandemic, transportation costs are high. You want to be able to make sure that you're having the right costing too. Those are challenges that you're going to face along the line. If you don't do the right costing for your product, you're not going to be making the right margins. You need to understand what margins you're making. And then also being able to go the right route creating your business. So registering your business. Don't do the other route to say, I just want to test it out and see. You have to go to the right route, find mentors that you need, research with books. Money will be a challenge. <laughs> so you need to plan very well to make sure you are going to the right way. You know, I was working before and I had to save some money. Um, you could go through that route to, you know, have a plan and say, in 2023 or 2024, I'm going to start my business. What do I need to do? That's saving $200, for example, every month. But I would say the major challenge that you might have is if you don't have a business plan, you're going to fail. I love it. Is there is there a challenge that you could throw out to our students today to get them thinking this way? So is there a challenge that you're thinking of right now that we can throw out to our students right now to get them thinking this way? Do you have an individual challenge or a challenge that the students need to be thinking about? Being a business owner, you're having to have challenges doing everything, right? Doing the operations, doing marketing, doing, you know, sales. Every personal challenge is different, but people are scared to take up the next step. Right? How do you want to, you want to go into entrepreneurship or you want to just do nine to five? Being able to overcome the fear of, you know, doing business is, is, is one challenge that people always have that I would say I want to throw out there. Go out there, be you, have the right resources and, you know, make it happen. You can do it. Don't let anybody discourage you. You know, you can lay on the right resources, the right channels, and you'll be successful. You'll be in the right direction to being a successful business person. Perfect. Let's take it from Nike. Just do it. I only say that. I only say that. Yeah. Thank you, AK. Thank you, Dave. That was another episode of Innovation Field. listening to Innovation Fuel. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovation fuel. Also, follow us on Instagram at innovation underscore fuel.